of hundred percent. I'm grateful to to be able to be active, and I and I try to stay active. Um, and one of the ways uh, several years ago that I chose to do that was thinking that it was a good idea to join um, the adult uh, soccer league here. <laughs> and I, listen, I love the game of soccer. I was fortunate to be able to help coach uh, the JV team at the high school back in the fall, and grew up playing uh, soccer. Played intramurals when I was in college, and. Look, anytime you get beyond, you know, like really high school, college age, maybe if you play then, it, all you're doing is trying to relive the glory days, right? <laughs> right. Like it's, I, I, so I loved it. I, I loved being a part of the adult league. But there was, there was a game in which I, I, I made a move and, and just had felt tight before the game, but I ended up tearing uh, my Achilles tendon in my oh. uh, left leg. And it was the most excruciating pain mm-hmm. I've ever experienced. Um, but it resulted in six months of me being in a boot. I mean, for, for like four of those months, I, I was on a little scooter. Like I couldn't, I could bear no weight on, yeah. on that foot. And, um, and then was able to begin to walk. And gosh, I'm so thankful for, for my doctor who said, look, if you do everything I tell you, I believe that you will heal and you'll be able to get back to the things that you enjoy. So that was the goal. I wanted to get back to that. Mm. But for six months, I, I, I did not use my left leg the way that, that I was accustomed to. And so, you know, when the boot came off and he gave me the green light, I was actually, I mean, you could see a noticeable, like right. it looked like I had a, a twig for the <laughs> left leg. And, um, but I was, I was actually apprehensive to begin to use that again, right? Mm. Because, because I had become so accustomed to not using that muscle or the muscles in my left leg that I just, um, I, I think mentally, I, I mean, yes, physically I had to catch up, but mentally mm-hmm. I had to catch up too. It was a really... Um, really difficult time, but just that feeling of, gosh, where there was once strength, there's, I don't feel like there's strength anymore. Right. Uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I, we believe that there are some lessons that can be learned from this physical experience of atrophy um, that we can apply to our spiritual yeah, lives. Right. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I think that one of the, the keys to avoiding spiritual atrophy is to better understand the role that suffering mm-hmm. plays in our faith life. And so that's what we're going to look at particularly this morning. And I want to start with scripture. And Paul has a great lesson for us from Romans 5 uh, verses 1 through 5. Uh, Paul says to us, Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love even that first sentence, that we have been made right, that we have, we've been justified, we've been made right because of God's faithfulness, um, because we are able um, to, to receive you know, God's love for us, we're able, through Jesus Christ, we are able to be in a right relationship with God. And then Paul says, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand through him, and we boast in the hope of God's glory. So again, it's grace that allows us to, to stand before God, to be in a relationship with God, to, um, to be made right. But then we have the most important verse for our lesson this morning. Verse three, but not only that, like that's not, even, that, that's not even all of it. Not only that, we even take pride in our problems because we know that trouble, or some translations will say suffering here, we know that trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. 
And this hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So we're going to talk about that formula a a great deal, but that last verse is also beautiful that it again is God's love is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And that's the gift that God gives us. So let's, let's do a little work here and figure out how, what is the relationship between suffering and our ability to avoid this spiritual atrophy, this lack of use of our yeah, spiritual wouldn't muscles. Wouldn't we rather, Paul, just stop at the end of verse 2? Yeah. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Right. Amen. Thank you. Done. And then he goes into the suffering piece, yep. which we don't love. Right. Right. So, um, but that's our starting point mm. because I think that... Uh, one of the things we need to wrestle with and understand and get some peace with is that suffering is part of the Christian narrative. It's part of our spiritual journey. Suffering is a part of the Christian story. So we can look in scripture and find hundreds of examples of this. Uh, From the Old Testament, maybe one of the most familiar is the Exodus. And we've preached a lot around the Exodus uh, this year, earlier this year. But we know that the the Israelites that left Egypt, they enter into the, the wilderness and they eventually, they eventually did make it to the promise land. But it wasn't without a, a, a very difficult journey with a great deal of suffering in the wilderness. Right. That, that yes, they got to that promised land eventually, but the journey um, was, was arduous and there was suffering. Um, I, I think we also have to just name that at the heart of our Christian faith is that Christ suffers on the cross because of um, his love for you and me. Like he, he, he suffered for the sake of his love for all of us. And that's the heart of the Christian message. That's the power of the cross right there. Um, we know that martyrs through the years um, suffered and died because of their Christian faith and how much stronger that made the Christian movement as folks lived and died for what they believed in. And I think we all can agree that life in general, it doles out uh, a degree of suffering along with the joy. And it's kind of that light, dark, good, bad. It Without the suffering, we could not possibly savor and enjoy the joyful moments in our lives. And so suffering is a part of... Um a part of of our existence, a part of our daily living. So here's the key. So part of becoming a maturing Christian is being able to tell the story of suffering in our lives and understand the logic behind it, that suffering is a part of our Christian journey and that it usually leads even to Christian, to to, um, growth. And so I think back to a conversation that I have a lot with a, a cousin of mine, my cousin Matt. He's younger than me, was like the younger brother I never had. But um, uh, he, he's had a rough go of it for a while. And right now he really wrestles with this theological question of why does God allow you know, stuff to happen. And he lost his father when he was very young, his mother in his 20s, an only child. Mm-hmm. And in the last 10 to 15 years, he's lost just about everything. Um, And so when he is feeling really down and frustrated and angry, he'll call me up and we'll have this conversation and it's really hard. 
but I am constantly practicing, trying to help him understand why um, I, I get that suffering is part of our journey and that um, just because we become a believer, it does not mean that from that moment, all pain, suffering is gone. Gosh, we want that. Yes. So true. <laughs> we, 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 we long for that. And yet we do know that right. that is not, it's not how it works. That is not one of God's promises right. to us. It's not. Um, and, and, but we'll talk about what is part of God's promises in a minute. Um, and so I really do think part of our wrestling today is to, to be able to tell that story that suffering um, is part of this, the, our life and that God can even use that as a tool to help us grow and understand. And I actually think that's a gift mm-hmm. of the Christian faith is that we are, in fact, able to... Um, to recognize suffering and to understand it and to um, realize that that we will be able to be stronger because of it. And so this takes us to um, uh, that formula that Paul gives us, that suffering, verse 3, suffering leads to endurance, which leads to character, which leads to the promise of hope. So avoiding spiritual atrophy then, the logic is that very much like physiology, we got to figure out which muscles to use to flex to exercise so they don't um, stop working for us. And so that spiritual muscle that we need to work on, that we believe suffering helps um, um, us flex, leads to this hope, that hope is the key to um, flexing these muscles. And so um, let's look at this formula, break it down. Um, if, if this, in fact, is uh, what helps us to strengthen and grow our faith, and uh, quite frankly, whenever I have the conversation with my cousin Matt, it's what I long for him to be able to accept, and instead of getting stuck in his pain and his anger and his desire for revenge for those that have hurt him, um, to be able to to be able to, to sit with that suffering a little bit. So, so the first part of the formula is suffering leads to endurance. And that also is translated as patience and perseverance in some um, translations. And so uh, I think of, again, Christ on the cross when he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Um, that, that is a beautiful example of forgiveness. But also underlying that is a deep sense of hope that Christ has in us. Mm-hmm. That also what I hear in that is, God, it's their ignorance. like It's their... Um, folly. It's their um, own drives. It's their sinfulness. Yes. But there's hope that they can be redeemed. Mm. And if he didn't believe that, like the cross and the empty tomb wouldn't have happened. Um, And so his suffering was for a greater purpose. And he knew that that suffering would be the key to what would bring us salvation. Like that's the whole key for Christ. And that is mind boggling to me. Um, But then when you think about that truth, it can't really surprise us that suffering would also be part of our journey and part of our life. So that first part of that formula, the suffering leads to um, endurance and and patience. Um, Let's talk about that for a second, that it's not about, that perseverance is not about pushing through adversity, right? It really is more, what I think Paul's getting at is this sense of being able to... um, Stay put 
without dismay, without frustration, without just losing it. To be able to stay put in this place of, of patiently suffering. And it sounds crazy, um, but I, you know, I wonder, is there a, a reflection that you have on what that might look like um, in our lives? Yeah, that's a, that, I mean, for me, honestly, that's a, that's a tough one because I can think of a number of, of seasons that we've walked through in which um, I feel like I've, have just been asked to be patient in that um, as much as we want to barrel through it and be on the other side of it. But, but just for me personally, and I think one of the things that, that God has really used in my life to help shape me, um, my, when I was younger, uh, my, my parents separated and divorced. And um, I mean, gosh, I'm so thankful for, for my parents and for my step-parents and, um, and, and blessed to have them, you know, as a part of my life still. But that was obviously very hard. <laughs> And, and I think one of the things that came out of that for me was just kind of gravitating as I got into high school and even, you know, uh, college, gravitating from relationship to relationship. Um, just, just, you know, I mean, I had a relationship with the Lord, but there's something about that tangible, like knowing some, that somebody cares for you. And, um, but, but came to this, this point as I got toward the end of my time uh, at Appalachian where I, I really I had, had some dear friends. Um, and, and brothers in the Lord who said, hey, Vern, you're, like, we just feel like you're not putting the Lord first. You know, you're, you're looking to these other people um, to, to fill something in you that only God can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just was really convicted over that and entered this season of um, what really just felt like loneliness for me. And it was like two years of, um, you know, where I had been used to constantly being surrounded with people and, and having... Um, you know, a, a relationship just didn't have that. And God was faithful to, to bring me into that season. Um, even to the point that I thought, I, I think maybe God is calling me to be one, like somebody who's single, you know, for mm-hmm. life. And, and if that were God's call for me, coming to terms with that and, and being okay with that was, um, was, was difficult, yes, but at the same time, there, I, I began to feel some freedom in that. Um, and, and just like God continuing to ask me to walk through the season of trusting him and finding in him what I had begun to look for, you know, in, in hmm. other people um, mm-hmm. was, was, a, was a long season and it was hard and there was loneliness, but just really, you know, trying to say, God, I, 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 like, it's easy to say that you're good when things are good, mm-hmm. but can we still say that you're good when things are difficult? Right. Um, and really learning what that meant and, and, and I think in that, really learning who I was in the Lord and who I was called to be uh, right. in the Lord. But it was not a quick, gosh, it was not a quick lesson. It was something that took a long time for me to learn. Hence the patience yeah. and the endurance, right. right? Well, I came across a story that, that helps just uh, make the point of what you just shared you, that you experienced. And uh, a psychologist, Larry Crabb, tells this story that he was three years old. And he thought, I'm going to be a big boy, and I'm going to use the bathroom all by myself. So he went up the stairs, he went into the bathroom, he locked the door, and for a couple of minutes, he was like a big boy. And um, all was good, and then he was ready to leave, and with all of his three-year-old strength, he could not unlock the door. 
He could not get the door to open. So then he freaked out and he starts screaming and his mom runs up and is talking to him on the other side of the door. He's like, first of all, are you okay? Are you hurt? He's like, no, just let me out of here. He was afraid he's going to be stuck there the rest of his life. Well, while that was going on, his father had gone around the outside of the house, gotten a ladder, put it up against the house, climbed up the ladder, pried open the window, entered into the bathroom, walked by his son, uh, Larry, the son, and in all of his adult strength was able to obviously unlock the door and little three-year-old Larry says thanks dad and runs out to go play so as an adult he's thinking back on this and he goes you know how often are we like three-year-old Larry we get caught in a dark space a tight space we use everything we have all of our ability all of our might our will our strength and we can't get ourselves out of it we're stuck so then we turn to God and we pray, please God, come unlock the door. And sometimes God does, but he said as he was thinking about it, what usually happens is God enters in through the window, but then sits with us in that dark space. And you know, while we're just begging, please unlock the door so I can go out and play, so I can go out and receive God's blessings. Instead, there's such value in sitting in God's presence during that kind of dark place, that place of suffering and learning some amazing lessons just like you did over that season in your own life. And I think that's a powerful way to think about um, how we can endure and that then can build us up um, in the midst of, of suffering, of discomfort, of uh, pain. Um, so so I, I appreciated that, that example, um, which takes us to the second part of the formula. The endurance leads to character. Like that, that process that we just described, that's character building. Um, it's not patience for the sake of, of patience or as a virtue. It's, it's this sense of being able to recognize that Christian patience helps us to not experience some shallow optimism. Hey, everything's going to be okay, even when it's not. Like sometimes it's not going to be okay in that moment and it's going to hurt for a while. And so to not kind of put this fake shallow optimism over it, Christian um, patience recognizes that sometimes it just hurts. But it's also not this fatalism. Whatever happens, happens. I have no control over it. So so the heck with it. Just um, But to realize that uh, Christian patience looks at suffering and realizes, first of all, it will not last forever. And secondly, there's going to be some kind of good that comes out of this. There will be. God didn't cause the suffering for the good, but in the midst of suffering, Romans 8, um, Paul goes on to say that um, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. We love the Lord. There will be some good that comes out of, something that we learn. God's people have experienced that. I mean, Joseph Mm -hmm. says that what the enemy intended for evil, you know, in Genesis, God's able to use for good. So like the things that that we just, whether we bring them on ourselves or we feel like it's being done to us like your cousin, God's still able to take that and and use it. Right. And that's part of the character forming that takes place. Now there's another way to look at this um, that that I came across this week with those of us that have joined me in this, uh, the journey through the Psalm study. And I've heard this before, but it was just a great um, timing. 
um, the Holy Spirit's good like that. But it talked about this sense of how we orient to God, that as Christians on the Christian journey, when we think about it, we usually find ourselves in three different seasons. Um, so, so one season is being oriented to God, where, where we're in alignment, like we're in the sweet spot, that, that our, our faith life is strong and, and we're in a positive place with our, our experience in a relationship with God. But then we can also experience disorientation, where it feels like the wilderness with the Israelites, that God is far away, God is not listening, we are lost, we're confused, and we're alone. Um, that's disorientation. And then the third season is reorientation, which is that, that season or time when we begin to at least turn back towards God. Like we're, we're facing back towards God and we slowly begin to, to move towards that orientation that we get back into a relationship with God. And oftentimes when we think about it, we, we've been in we can think of times when we've been in all three of those seasons because we do cycle through it. You don't stay and you don't get to orientation and then stay there the rest of your faith journey. You will, we all will experience those three. I wonder if you have had that experience in your own life. Yeah, yeah. I, ha- I mean, I have a number of times, but, mm-hmm. but one in particular, and it really was, it was foundational for who I understand God to be now and, and where I am now in life. Um, you know, I, I, I'm was so thankful to be raised in the church and, and thankful for um, particularly the ministry of my, my youth group and then uh, of Young Life when I got into high school because through Young Life I really was introduced to Jesus in a way that I never had been um, and, and just and wanted to say yes to that life. And um, I, I mean, I didn't know what it would mean, but it just, I was so compelled, so drawn by the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit to life with Jesus. And so trying to figure out what that looks like and what that means. And then like so many of us got um, you know, graduated high school and just felt like I was ready to conquer the world, you know, and got into that first year of college and felt like, oh my gosh, no one told me about the freedom. You know? <laughs> right. And, and, and so really um, walked through this season of trying to, like, like Jeff and I talked about last week, have, have a foot planted in two different worlds um, mm-hmm. and still def- desperately wanted to be faithful to God, but also just found real enjoyment in things of this world and, you know, whether it's partying or, or whatever it was and um, and, and just felt like I was, I, I knew something was missing, but I, I couldn't, like, I just felt like I couldn't find my way, mm-hmm. you know, to God. And so where I came in just feeling like I was rock solid, locked in, now all of a sudden I feel like I'm wandering around in the dark. Yeah. Um, and, and that, the spring semester of that year was really the turning point. My, my roommate and I decided to give ourselves a week off, uh, of, of class and I don't <laughs> recommend this, um, <laughs> And, and went and spent some time with some buddies, of, uh, some buddies of ours who, who were down at the beach. And, um, and that really was, for me, rock bottom. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can look back and say it's by the grace of God that I even survived that week. But on the trip home, we're in the car, my roommate's driving, the two other guys in the car are asleep. I'm sitting in the back seat, and, I, and I, I'll never forget it, I just... I felt like I could hear the Lord say, I have so much more for you. Mm. Mm -hmm. And wrapped up in that moment was just grace, um, but also the call to something more. And so I think for me, part of that reorientation was, yes, like understanding the grace of God, which we can preach all day long, right? But 
but also understanding that to follow as a disciple of Jesus was going to cost me some things. Mm. And so it began this process of letting go of things that I had been clinging to and mm. that had been a part of my life. And mm. Gosh, I, I'm so thankful. I mean, I, I'll, I'll never forget that moment. That's a powerful experience of reorientation. Yeah. I, I've shared part of my story before, but one, one of the powerful moments in my life was the experience of being disoriented. And for me, it was a, that three-year period of my life in dealing with infertility when Greg and I were not able to um, figure out what the heck was going on around having kids. And, oh my gosh, I just felt like God was so far away. I was like three-year-old Larry. I was begging begging God to enter into my dark space and unlock the door so that we could then go and grow a family. And what got me to move from disorientation to reorientation was eventually realizing that God had entered into that space and was just sitting there with me until I was able to recognize that and begin to learn from this beautiful moment of being connected to God in, in a different kind of way. Like, like it, it was when, and to be able to accept that um, God's way of helping me deal with this suffering was not what I was expecting, which mm-hmm. was to unlock the door and let me go get God's blessings. Right. Um, God's blessings was to be present with me and to help me learn what I could learn from that rich moment of kind of sitting with the suffering, which is a bit like Job, right? Um, he had that kind of experience as well. Um, and so, and again, that's part of what is character building. It makes us stronger. It helps us to, to face the future struggles because we know that we can. We know that we can endure them and, and even be stronger or better because of it. Um, and so that leads us to this last point, which is um, how truly how hope then comes out of this formula of suffering to patience to character building. And I think the key to that is this belief that no matter what, Christ loves us. That, that right there is the muscle that we flex spiritually that helps us navigate that whole pattern that Paul is talking about. That if we are to avoid spiritual atrophy, we've got to figure out how to flex those spiritual muscles. And if suffering and disappointment comes, that some would say the logic would be, well, that would cause us to weaken and question our faith instead of strengthen it. And that is true. And absolutely logical, and it sometimes does trip people up, but um, it is also that opportunity that God can use to help us dig deep into that sense of hope, because as Christians, our hope is born out of this divine love that Christ has for us. Our hope is born out of this belief that Jesus loves us. We teach our children early on. Jesus loves you. This I know. Um, We believe unconditionally for reasons we can't fathom, not because of anything that we deserve or that we have done. Flat out, Jesus chooses to love us. And because of that, we have trust in Jesus and we have hope in Jesus. And we have that hope because Jesus loves us so much. That's the spiritual muscle that we have to practice flexing. 
that we have to keep in use so that it never, ever atrophies, especially when we need it most. And, and that, that hope is what allows us to encourage others, is what allows us to be prepared for whatever comes next, and it's what allows us to uh, navigate through the, the, those darkest rooms, those tough chapters of our life. Um, and so kind of to begin to, to wrap this up, what are some, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you were just, go ahead. I think you're about to speak to the question that I was about. Yeah, to what are yeah. some ways that we can actually flex these muscles? Yeah, yeah because I think there, like there are people listening. Who, I mean, it's like, like people are like, all right, I need a workout plan. Give me right. a plan like this I, and tell me what to do. Yeah. And if it's going to be hard, great. But I know something good right. is going to be on the other side. So right? 30 squats right. and then. <laughs> While you're reading your Bible. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And 20 um, um, man makers or um, <laughs> those things I hate that I've now even forgotten the word for. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, so here are some things that I think help us to flex those muscles. First of all, just hearing examples of what God has done for others. Even just hearing what God has done in your life, it inspires me. It inspires hope within me. So sharing our stories and hearing other examples help us to have hope as well. Prayer is also another example because in our conversations with God, in our prayers with one another and with God, we can be inspired and filled with hope. Reading scripture, oh my gosh, to be able to, to see over and over and over how God loves us so much and to be reminded of that and to see God's words tell us that over and over and over, it inspires hope within us. And to just spend time dreaming about God's future with God's promises fulfilled. It's when we dream about it, when we vision it, when we think about it, we begin to live into it. Um, and And the last suggestion is when we do find ourselves in a place of struggle, to nurture hope, to, to not give up, to, to remember that that is the muscle that we need to flex and to hang on to it because um, it will help us to navigate that. Because I think so often we want to numb that pain, yeah. right? But I, I think giving ourselves the permission to feel the pain. And, and listen, I, we'll, we'll never know the pain of the cross right. or the pain of the the separation that Jesus felt from his father in that moment. But, but in, in feeling pain, we do connect. We have just a glimpse of what Jesus was willing right. to do or, or the pain that Paul suffered. Right. Pain, I mean, pick a person in right. Scripture, you know? Right. Um, and, and I love the gift that, that God's Word is and that, you know, the, the study of the Psalms that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like the Psalms give us permission. Mm-hmm. I mean, you read the Psalms and like there are psalmists that just are letting God have it, mm-hmm. you know? And so just this permission to be honest with God about where we are and about how the suffering feels and about the outlook that it's giving us on life. And, but just this idea that in the suffering we find that we, it, it, we might just see that God is, becomes who we need God to be. Right. Not just who we want. God right. Be, you know? Well, that's usually what God does. Right. And, and, and the yielding comes for us when we let go of what we want God to be and accept what God, what we need God to be. Yes. Like that's the yielding yes, right. right there. That's the reorientation. Well, um, the challenge for you, the question for you is to think about how, what are ways in which you need to flex that hope, spiritual muscle of hope in your life this week? What are, what are ways that you already are or maybe you, you need to? Uh, and so as we transition to the end of our service, I think a beautiful example of uh, the, how, 
of how hope can help us um, through the struggle is to hear the story of this church and the move, like the history of the church in the downtown on King Street and then the relocation here 20 years ago, yeah. Friday was right. when that happened. Um, it is a powerful story of, of hope that it took to dream the dream, to make the plans, to raise the money, to actually move here. And you were, you came on board with this church right before the move. So I wonder if you yeah. would just share a, a thought about that. Yeah, it, I mean, it was, it was exciting. I, um, you know, to be, I, I started in the fall of 98. So the, the pro, I mean, it, everything was already in the works, yeah. right? The process had already begun, but, but just to hear from the people who were longtime members and leaders in this church and, and I mean, they didn't use, no one used the word atrophy, but to say, hey, we believe that there's more. Like, we're not just content where we are. We believe that God is opening a door and has given us a vision for something greater. Mm -hmm. um, and so to, to be swept up in, I mean, it's contagious. That kind of hope and that kind of vi vision is contagious. But, but the, the thread, the theme was always the opportunities, that, the doors that will open um, by making this move. Because we believe that um, there are more people that God calls us to reach. We believe that there are ways that this church can love on this community, um, you know, in this new space. We mm -hmm. believe that there is ministry that we hadn't even tapped into yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so to begin to see all of that happen, I mean, I just remember, you know, stories of, of walking down the education wing. And I mean, we used to come and, and tour the space as they would kind of, you know, mm -hmm. check things off the box and enter a new phase of construction. And um, and, and hearing some of our leadership say, I have this vision, I have this dream of, of a, a Christian school meeting here. Hmm. Um, and I mean, gosh. And then look what happened. That now, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I mean, we're so grateful to, to be able to host Grace Academy and, and the work that they do. And um, years ago, somebody told me about a friend that he brought. Mike Roberts told me about a friend that he brought to visit the space. And he, he took him into the Family Life Center and he said the guy was overcome. And he said, I just... I just have this vision of worship happening in here and, and, and people's lives being transformed. And that was crossroads. We didn't even, I mean, it wasn't even a thought hmm. in anybody's mind, you know? Yeah. So just um, the willingness to step into, yes, a very difficult transition, a very difficult move, hmm. but the willingness to walk through that and to trust that God, we are simply stewarding the vision, right? right. It's God's picture for the future. We, we merely had the opportunity to walk through it. So it has been an incredible journey and I've been so blessed to be a part mm -hmm, of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to celebrate that um, some more. And so Laura, Pastor Laura is going to come and lead us in prayer. And then we're going to, to celebrate our 20 years through some pictures. Yeah. Um, so um, come pray with us and for us.